0: Well, good morning, Uh, great to see you all here today, and welcome to those joining us online. I loved the BBC series Sherlock, you know, the one with Benedict Cumberbatch? And some of my favorite scenes are when some potential client is introduced to the great detective, would spend a mere five minutes in his presence and then would leave. Sherlock would then turn to his incredulous sidekick, Dr. Watson and tell him what the visitor did for a living, his family status, his pets, his income, his hobbies, all from having shaken a hand. Hands can't lie. We can exercise some control over our faces to make them look the way that we want, but our hands give us away. Shaky hands, clenched hands, nervous, dirty, or manicured hands. This morning, we heard how the resurrected Jesus was identified by his hands. As he lifted up bread at an evening meal, the dim light must have caught the jagged scars on his hands, the marks of that gruesome death that he had suffered just three days previously. And in that instant, the two friends who were with him realized who he was. We're on week two of our post-Easter teaching series, Resurrection Stories. And we're looking at eyewitness accounts of ordinary people who encounter the risen Jesus. And we're looking at how their lives were transformed and what that means for us. Uh, The two disciples that Henry uh, just read about, they were obviously on a a journey, a physical one. It's about a two-hour walk from Jerusalem to that village of Emmaus. But more significantly for us this morning, they were on a journey from unknowing to knowing and from being broken to being a blessing. The record by the physician Luke of what happened on that road to Emmaus, it's cryptic, it's curious. A stranger they don't recognize who vanishes from their sight as soon as they figure out who it is, it's so different. From the records of the crucifixion, which are like 100% in your face, right? Jesus is nailed naked at eye level in front of hundreds of eyewitnesses with a nameplate tacked above his head. There's no chance of mistaken identity in the crucifixion. But the resurrection? It's so different. Someone told someone else that the tomb was empty. And it was women who first spread the story, and you know how they exaggerate everything. And apparently, the Leafs even made it to the second round. Yeah, right. Last week, we saw how Thomas wasn't buying it till he saw it for himself. And because the resurrected Jesus didn't appear to everyone, plenty of people were left to weigh the evidence and the testimony of those who did and to decide for themselves. Just like it is for us. We've all got a decision to make about the truth that we heard at Easter. And part of the evidence that we've got away is this. If the risen Jesus really is alive, then we too can experience him. We too can go from unknowing to knowing. We too can go from being broken to being a blessing. Where can we meet? That risen Jesus, send me the location. Well, according to Luke, it seems to be somewhere on that road to Emmaus. What does it mean for us to go from unknowing to knowing, from being broken to being a blessing? And like, how does it actually happen? Let's quickly remind ourselves of the encounter. Two disciples, Cleopas, and what many scholars believe was his wife, are walking seven miles from Jerusalem to a village called Emmaus, and they're processing the shocking events of the last three days. Real death, but rumored resurrection. And as they talk, a stranger approaches, asking them what they're talking about. Well, you've clearly been living in a paper bag, is their response. But they proceed to tell him how promising everything had seemed with Jesus at the beginning, right? Like he was a fantastic public speaker and he had these extraordinary powers. But all went south so fast. Now he was dead and the women in our friend group, they're clearly overwrought with grief. And then. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. We had hoped. Like the saddest three words, right? We believed in him. We were wrong. No more fairy tales. Back to the office, in person, five days a week. And that's when Jesus snaps. Oh, how foolish you are and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have declared. Was it not necessary that the Messiah should suffer these things and then enter into his glory? Then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them the things about himself in all the scriptures. In other words, you idiots. If you bothered to read your Bibles, you would have figured this out by now. God's plan's not been secret. It's hidden in plain sight in the scriptures. The Messiah wins by losing. As Barbara Brown Taylor writes, The Christ is not the undefeated champion, he's the suffering servant. And the way you recognize his followers is not by their muscles, but by their scars. Like everyone else, it seemed that Mr. and Mrs. Cleopas had been reading the Hebrew Bible, what we now know as the Old Testament, through the wrong end of the telescope. It wasn't about God rescuing people from their suffering, it was about God rescuing people through suffering suffering that God took upon himself in Jesus. All the brokenness and sin of my life and yours, it's been hammered through those hands. So we don't have to experience the full consequences of them, either in our daily lives, because with God's help, God's power, situations can be recovered from, relationships can be restored. And we also have that hope eternally It's such good news. Cleopas and his wife, they're beginning to feel excited, yet a little uneasy. The stranger was explaining the Bible in a way that was beginning to make sense. Their hearts were burning within them as he spoke. And then, when he was at the table with them, he took bread, blessed it, broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. In the dim candlelight of the evening meal, their hearts still burning. Their eyes fell on his hands. Hands can't lie. The hands told them that Jesus had gone through the danger, not around it. The hands told them that God rescues us not from suffering, but through it. And suddenly it all makes sense. Cleopas and his wife had started that journey to Emmaus unknowing and broken, right? Unknowing. They hadn't yet grasped how God works in the world, how God's MO is not to conquer and dominate, but to love and serve, how God's MO is not to raise up the powerful and the predictable, but to exalt the lowly and the surprising, unknowing. They didn't understand the Bible, and they couldn't see what was right in front of them. Broken. They were disappointed, discouraged, despairing, devastated. Pick your D. They were trudging home from a funeral. But by the end of this encounter, everything had slotted into place, and we're told that within the hour of that fateful meal, they were racing all those seven miles back to Jerusalem, and this broken couple had now become a blessing to the other 11 disciples, right? They confirmed what the women had said earlier that very morning. The tomb really was empty. God had raised Jesus from the dead. Hands can't lie. You've got a place here at St. Paul's, whether you're curious, maybe you're committed, or even critical. And if hands can't lie, and Jesus really is alive, how can you experience him? What does it mean for us to go from unknowing to knowing, from being broken to being a blessing? Well, Luke is clear that two things happened that enabled the eyes of this couple to be opened. The first, they had the Bible explained to them, which was so exciting that their hearts were burning. And two, they encountered Jesus as the bread was broken. What we're going to do in a few minutes, Holy Communion, and if we want to encounter the risen Jesus, let me share the location. It's on the road to Emmaus. You see, Jesus tells us where to find him. Every page of the Bible points towards me, Jesus said. That story of creation in Genesis, I'm in it. Moses and the bronze serpent, that's me. Daniel in the lion's den, you guessed it, I was there. And don't forget, suffering servant in Isaiah, me again. You wanna meet me? You want your heart to burn within you, with excitement, unease, challenge, comfort? Meet me in the Bible. I promise you, I will show up. Jesus tells us where to find him, in the breaking of bread. We're about to obey what Jesus told his friends to do on the night before he died. We're gonna take bread, we're gonna take wine, and trusting that we are being spiritually nourished, encountering the physically risen Jesus, being strengthened by him, healed, fed by him for the week ahead. Look at the words we're about to say with Tyler. The Lord is here, lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. We're about to have an Emmaus meal. The Lord is here, the Lord be with you. Lift your hearts to heaven in prayer where the resurrected Jesus is seated at the right hand of God the Father, but powerfully present with us in this meal by the Holy Spirit. And if you want to meet the risen Jesus for the first time, maybe renew your acquaintance. If you want to go from unknowing to knowing, from being broken to being a blessing, there are some pragmatic steps that you can take. Here at St. Paul's, we embrace a rhythm of life five ancient spiritual practices that we believe will make us more like Jesus and therefore equip us to make a difference in this city of Toronto. And the first two rhythms, they put us on that road to Emmaus. Rhythm number one, worship, resting weekly from work to join in the public worship of the church. Rhythm two, prayer and study Praying and reading the Bible daily and gathering regularly to do the same with others. Pragmatically, if you want to meet the risen Jesus, show up where he told you to meet him. Week in, week out, we gather here to have an Emmaus meal, meeting Jesus in the breaking of bread. And day in, day out, hundreds of people, part of our St. Paul's community, are meeting Jesus as they read the Bible. Their hearts burning within them. Gathering in connect groups across our city to help each other learn and grow and understand what the scriptures mean so you're not interpreting them through the wrong end of the telescope. Pick up a daily prayer and Bible reading guide. They're in the glass atrium. Browse the connect groups on our website. Now, if we move from knowing to unknowing, if we encounter the risen Jesus, then as we are changed, which you absolutely will be, we can powerfully bless other people. When we come to know the man with the nail marks in his hands, we'll realize that death, it doesn't hold all the cards. And it can create this incredible dynamic within us for personal growth. It's what a friend of mine once called practicing resurrection, right, like practicing Easter. Um, and, And two quick examples of how you can practice Easter, practice resurrection, one, If you're being reminded in the Bible and in Holy Communion that God is committed to us, that our true home is not in this life, it allows us to become increasingly generous with our money and with our time, to bless the poor in our city and around the world. And there is a direct connection between how much we trust God and how generous we're able to be. Practice resurrection practice Easter too. Being reminded that death does not hold a winning hand, it can strengthen us to take the risk of reaching out to mend that broken relationship, to to take the risk of forgiving those who deeply hurt us, right, Or, or the risk of making that unpopular ethical decision at the office. And there is a direct connection between knowing that Jesus went through danger and not around it, and being willing to risk emotional suffering to bless other people. Practice resurrection, practice Easter. Hands can't lie. Each one of us can go from knowing to knowing, from being broken to being a blessing. And some of you here this morning Your hearts are burning within you. Others of you yearn for that. So I want to end by praying for us that we'll meet Jesus today and not leave this place unchanged. Just where you're seated, let me pray. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Spirit of the risen Jesus. Make our hearts burn within us. Burn within us with love for you. Burn within us for love for our neighbors. Come, Spirit of the risen Jesus. Come. Amen.